Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff podcast, hosted by Amy Baker. The Riff Raff is a writer's community that champions the work of debut authors and provides guidance, support and services for those dreaming of one day being published themselves. Mariam Khan is a British writer and feminist activist. Her first book, It's Not About the Burqa, is an anthology of essays by Muslim women, voices you don't see represented in the national news headlines, speaking frankly about topics like love and divorce, queer identity, sex, and the twin threats of a disapproving community and a racist country. I talked to Mariam about finding power in writing, the process of editing an anthology, and creating a platform where a conversation can take place. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so pl- thank you for making the time in your day to have a chat. No worries. Um, so please can you start by taking us back to the beginning of It's Not About the Burqa. How and why did this idea for the collection come to you? Oh, wow. Big question at the start. Um, <laughs> start strong. Oh, so, um, <laughs> um, it was it was a collection of things. And then you could say it was nothing at all that sort of triggered the idea um, and the actual action of it to come together. Um, so initially, the sort of, I guess the seed, you could say, was planted from a very young age. But then the, thing, the sort of proper, you know, where it took to root was um, our ex-Prime Minister David Cameron um, made a comment about Muslim women being traditionally submissive um, in regards to how young men became radicalised. And it was reported that he said that in the Telegraph. And I remember there was a huge um, online backlash. And um, I remember seeing like placards of um, um, on social media of women like holding back, um, holding um, uh, like placards of um, you know, saying things like, oh, I'm a doctor, not traditionally submissive, or I'm a Muslim woman and I just, you know, I've survived war or I've done this and I've done that. And for me, in that experience of the entire thing, what I realised was that there were so many um, different um, identities in what a Muslim woman was or a Muslim woman could be so many different identities. Um, so that sort of stayed with me. And then I don't know if you know who Nikesh Shukla is, who's the um, editor of um, another anthology called The Good Immigrant. And um, around that time, um, I guess it's kind of um, interesting. They say that when you see something, then you realise that you can be it. Um, and I didn't really realise I could be anything, but I, when I saw something, I thought, oh, my God. So when I saw Nikesh's anthology, um, and Nikesh is a friend and a mentor, um, I remember we had this conversation in our Twitter DMs, and I said, Nikesh, if I could create a book, it would be a collection of essays by Muslim women speaking incredibly frankly about what their identity was because I don't believe that there is such a thing as a single identity for a group of people and and he just said to me why can't you do that and I think that was basically it from there and then he just pushed me and um and it sort of spiralled from there. It feels like kind of a surreal thing as well. Um, but um, yesterday I went to a, a, a talk. Um, it was a, a Lenny Henry in conversation. Um, uh, I forget the lady's name. It was June Sarpong. I'm really sorry if I'm June saying Sarpong. her name wrong. Yeah. And um, he basically said, to you have to see it to be it. And I just saw it. Cash um, basically with the anthology and I saw like how meaningful it was for people um, um, 
you know, that it was intended for. And I just thought, okay, like, I don't need anything from this anthology. All I want is to be able to say Muslim women have more than one identity. And I had an idea and I was in the fortunate position to have people like Nikesh on my side um, and, you know, to push me in the right direction. And then it all sort of worked out from there, really. So it was a combination of things, really. Yeah. And was and so that kind of idea of just providing a, a collection of writing from women that provided all these different sort of nuanced experiences of life was that the kind of key concept around which you you sort of formulated the book? Well, yeah, because um, I had to really think about it because what I didn't want to create, I knew what I didn't want to create. I didn't want to create this idea that there was one way to be a Muslim woman, that there was one identity. I did also not want to create um, a Mariam approved Muslim woman book. Mm. Uh, that's not what... If you're looking for voices and, and diversity within identity and, and all of those things, you should not be thinking, I'm the, I'm the checkpoint on this. I didn't want to be the checkpoint on Muslim women. And I remember having this... Um, really honest conversation with Nikesh about how he so basically my question was how how do I deal with something if I personally don't agree with it um within the book and he said well you don't have to agree with it but you're just creating a platform where a conversation can take place and I just sort of took that and ran with it really um because I thought this is right this is exactly what my issue with what the mainstream narrative around Muslim women is, is that someone's checking and allowing certain narratives to be um, uh, dominant. And I didn't want to do that. Mm. I just wanted to create a book of as many different Muslim women as possible to say, you know, whatever it is that they wanted to say in however which way they wanted it to say with their identity and, you know, as true to themselves that they could be um and you know as a muslim woman i would hope that i had done it as, as the editor i would have hoped that i've done it the justice that i've just you know said and, and i had that in mind thinking this isn't a book that i need to approve of or all these opinions i need to approve of views i need to approve of differences religiously and you know otherwise but it's a collection of essays to show the diversity and the depth um of um the narrative and the identity of muslim women and that's what i set out to achieve yeah. in the book and i hope that's what comes across oh my goodness it's, it's fascinating <laughs> I, 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 every single one of the writers that you have i mean aside from being fantastic writers it's you know it's it's information that i haven't read before and i was reading it thinking oh my goodness you know this is this is it's a it's a fascinating insight and educational yeah. and interesting funny and yeah. like it's um yeah and important really and important. I think, I think the 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 thing that for me with with this that I feel like that's missing is and I don't know if I'm allowed to have this opinion of my own book but I feel like it adds a humanity to Muslim women. I feel like because we've been shown as this I don't know this um this group of like you know this this is these are muslim women and i believe there's there's been a lacking of humanity around the narrative of muslim women and i feel like when you read the book you get to see 
And I'm so grateful for all of the writers and in the way that they have been honest about their journeys and their experiences and what they're fighting for as women and Muslim women and the intricacies of having an identity outside of the community and inside it. And everything that's, you know, that comes with being a Muslim woman in the West. Um, and and you see, I think, the humanity and the their feelings and their emotions. And I think often in not maybe direct, not you know, not just specifically for Muslim women, but any people of colour or you know, any group of minority, I think often we're lacking. We we don't see them as human, we see them as this clumped group of people. Um and I feel I hope that's one of my things for this book that I hope that when people read this book, they realise that yes, we're a collection of Muslim, it's a collection by Muslim women, and they're a collective of Muslim women, but they see each as an individual and an individual as a human, you know, a human being, basically. Um, so yeah. I think you've done a great job with that. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely I hope nailed, so. Yeah, you've nailed that. And it, and um, do you think that, like, as so as the editor of the whole thing, you know, where you're trying to give, where you, you are giving people space, how can you just speak a little bit more about the experience of editing it? I mean, it'd be wonderful to know how you found the writers that you have, because um, they're mm. all such interesting people, you know, <laughs> journalists, public speakers, activists, writers, you know, interesting people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It'd be great um, OK, so um, uh, I very much like again, I went into it thinking that it's great that we have. Um, so I feel like we have a, a good mix of um, people and and also what I didn't want in the book is I didn't want it to be a collection of Muslim who Muslim women who were just known um, because I feel like there's a lot of Muslim women out there saying and having and doing incredible things they just don't have that platform and how I saw this I call it a project actually I remember talking about this with someone how I saw this project was I'm essentially facilitating a platform in which these people can just get up on and give their opinions and so I wanted it to be you know Muslim women who were known and 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 unknown and and you know not, not necessarily unknown but not in the main like you know not not being heard by as, as many people as I thought that they should you know be heard by um and I didn't in my head think oh I want so ex women and you know but there were certain I think I tried to um, approach it by topic as well. So where where growing up, I'd seen a sort of I wish I'd, I wish there'd been some sort of guidance or, or conversation around something. So if we take um, um, uh, Sophia Ahmed's um, uh, essay, the first feminist, and I wish I'd had something like that when I was a kid because. Even until university, I didn't realise what feminism was. And then when I was introduced into it, it was white feminism. And I never realised that there was feminism within Islam. And I think just just that real, like, imagine you grow up in this religion and you don't realise the rights of women until you know, you're, you know, you're in your 20s. And, and, and you do have those rights, but all you are told is no you don't and you're you know you're not necessarily educated about you know the women in Islam before you who are amazing who are warriors and businesswomen and scholars and and you know 
feminists if you were to describe them in the in the in the words that we would use in today's language you know they were feminist women independent women um and so for me that's like a really you know poignant essay because it's making such a a good point and a deep point for me that I didn't come to realize that until I was you know in my 20s and that's a long time to go without realizing um you know that there is feminism within your religion um so I think when approaching this I thought okay what are the things that um I would sort of um want to know about um as a Muslim woman or have wanted to know about growing up but then I also did not want to um impress any of um, what I specifically wanted on anyone. So when in, when approaching people, I was very honest. I said, hi, I'm Mariam. I'm not necessarily, necessarily known in any um, particular way. I'm just, you know, I have a book um, deal and this is my idea with the book. And I would love to have a conversation with you about you collaborating in this project. Um, and then I'd have an open and honest conversation with someone and I'd always be wary not to sort of impress my ideas on them so let them sort of naturally come in um and then through that conversation we'd sort of realize that hang on we maybe wanted the same things or they would sort of pitch something and we'd talk it through and that's how essentially that's how the conversations and the topics discussed in the book came about I really wanted the writers to drive what they wanted to write about because at the end of the day this was a book a collection about several voices again not by Marion approved voices it was just me saying okay so this is what you want to say let's flesh that out let's look at it deeper let's look at it from this perspective let's look at it from that perspective um and sort of questioning and prodding and that's that's I, that's how I saw my sort of role um and then yeah that's how I did it really it wasn't it wasn't any grand thing I didn't I didn't know all the women in the book prior to the book coming about I got to know them um and they worked through some research but quite a few of them thankfully um I had been following on social media or I had met somewhere or um so like Salma Elwadani I absolutely love her um and she's so outspoken uh, she's an activist and a poet and a writer and and a businesswoman and she's fantastic and I'd just seen her work on social media um and I just thought I just need her to be in this book and and that's how I just reached out and I was just I had an open heart and I just thought I'll reach out and you know the worst that can happen is she can she can say no um and I did and she said yes I'll I'll write for the book so that's that's how that happened really that's cool because I I suppose approaching people that you admire could potentially be like a little bit of an intimidating yeah yeah Yeah, but good for you like it shows that it pays off and also you're right aren't you you know like she could have she could have said no, but it's yeah. such a great project that, I mean, the chances of that were slim. And now you're mates. How <laughs> wonderful. Um, so, um, so, so you, you kind of, it sounds like those conversations were a really lovely part of the process. Like what a, what a wonderful creative collaboration to go yeah. through to kind of like, you know, sort of have rough ideas, but also to kind of just have it probably furthered your kind of knowledge about, other women and yeah because obviously these women so I'm 20 I turned 20 I was gonna say I was 25 but I'm not I'm 10 26 this Saturday so I'm 26 (laughs) (laughs) so I'm 26 and obviously I haven't had 
the life experiences that these will necessarily have all the life experiences that these women have had and obviously a collection of essays is fantastic to show the variety and the depth and then the span of what it means to be a Muslim woman at different stages in your life um and at different you know um you know when different things happen to you and obviously you've had different experiences and so um that's basically how I saw things I learned from them and then I would offer my opinion and then they learn you know not learn I guess but they sort of took on what I said and 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 that's how it was it wasn't ever it was not a dictatorship I did not go into this thinking yeah I'm the one who got the book deal and I, I should be the one to make this I didn't see it like that but even now um when I when I have to say oh my book I feel really weird because it's our book and everyone contributed to it and I was just in the right place and I and you know I'm I gratefully was helped and I managed to get a, a book deal and I was able to sort of um make sure that um it worked in the benefit of all the contributors so um and 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 one of the things that I will say in in regards to so yes there was a, a fantastic creative collaborative process but I'm I'm a believer in um, reward not rewarding but sort of um, paying for people's time and so um, with my advance I didn't keep it all to myself I shared it with everyone and and hopefully like moving forward any any profit we make that's how it will be done in regards to royalties and and I. I wanted everyone to be as invested in this book as I was. And I know that money is not the be all and end all, but for a lot of people, like creativity is often not paid. And that's my frustration with creative, creative fields. And I really wanted, I didn't want to cop out and say, no, no, you can't have the money, but I want your words and your work and your life experience. I don't. And I was in the fortunate position to be able to say, no, hang on, I've got this and let's share it out. And, you know, you contribute your time and your experience and, you know, and I can give you this much back. And it wasn't like, you know, millions of pounds, um, but it was something. And I believe that anyone taking on any sort of project like this or any creative collaborative projects um, should really where possible try to you know it's great to have exposure everyone talks about exposure a lot in creative fields but it's also (laughs) great to be able to pay your damn rent as well so absolutely so valuing your contributors time and 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 life experience yeah yeah and they're respecting them as as people as busy women um as well so uh, you know yeah yeah um so let's talk about the pitch because um, not only did I hear that it was one of the most impressive pitches that the editor who picked it up, Sophie, oh, and she said it was the most Love exciting that. proposal she'd seen in years, I read. But so it sounds like you had the deal before you, like, you, did you get the deal first and then find the contributors? Can you just talk a little bit about? Okay, that? so, um, okay, so can I just say that this entire process is in my personal opinion filled with a lot of it's not a traditional person like I know I've, I've having worked in publishing having friends who are uh, um, published and are authors and or friends who are trying to get agented um I've seen the struggle and it's so difficult and I'm not saying that I got to the position to be able to get this deal without struggling what I will say is I'm acknowledging the privilege of being able to get to that position and then the way in which then the proposal and my agent came about. 
in regards to the proposal after I got an agent um which I got with basically no proposal and and let's let's talk about that yeah let's talk about the let's talk about getting the agent first okay okay so okay (laughs) so I, I guess I put my disclaimer up this I'll just say yeah. okay so my agent Molly Cahorn who works at the Bent, Bent Agency she's phenomenal um and I, I don't know how to start with this so basically I had met Molly maybe two years prior because she is she represents Alwyn Hamilton um who is a YA author a phenomenal author one of my favorites and she introduced me to Molly not not to you know for her to be, you know, my agent or anything. Just, you know, we were at an event um, and it was a YA event. Um, I was really sort of, I worked quite well within the YA community and was quite present there, um, leading up to sort of working in publishing. And Alwyn introduced me to Molly. Um, and then Molly and me sort of kept in touch um, once I moved to London. And, you know, Molly said, oh, Mariam, I know what it's like to move to a you know a, a new city because I'm I'm Birmingham based and I'd moved to London to work in publishing so we kept in touch and then I remember I moved back to Birmingham um or just before I moved to, yeah so I moved back to Birmingham but I'd had this idea and Nikesh had really been pushing me and um and I needed now an agent um and I tried to do the self-publishing thing but it just wasn't really working out for me um for various reasons so then I thought okay I need an agent so I remember it was 10 p.m. and I DM'd Molly, this agent, this phenomenal agent, one of the best. And um, I said, Molly, I'm really struggling. I really need some advice. And she was like, yeah, come come to where I live in um, London and we'll go for lunch. So there off I went to London. <laughs> and then we sat and had lunch for an hour and shortlisted a bunch of um, agents I could approach for this book idea and at the end of the lunch like right at the end of the lunch we both sat there and I said to Molly I was like Molly you're an agent why don't you represent me and she was like oh yeah I'm an agent (laughs) (laughs) it was and then she was like okay so then she was like okay let's think about this because she's like I don't want to take it I take you on and the book on and then not be able to represent you you know in the way that you should be represented and I want this book to do well and I think it was, I don't know if it was a couple of hours later or maybe the next, I think it was like maybe a couple of hours later in the evening. And I got an email from her and it was, I'd love to represent you, Mariam, and I've got a list of 15 editors we can send this proposal to. <laughs> and, and the reason that I gave the disclaimer and at the beginning um, is because this is not how you get an agent in publishing. It is such such a difficult process and I've seen my friends go through it so every single time I tell the story I feel like it stinks of privilege but I would like to disclaim it that I acknowledge that and I I I feel like I struggled getting to the position for someone to feel like they could invest in me in that way and then project so then we come on to the proposal um and I had a proposal before I I, I'd gone and spoken to Molly um because Nikesh had sent me on his proposal for The Good Immigrant, and I just sort of copied the format. And How do you know Nikesh? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that friendship came from, but I think I was... So I was around in the YA community, like I said, a lot. 
and I worked with a lot of authors. I did like um, events with them where I chaired. Um, and then I don't entirely know when me and Nikesh became friends enough to like create like a DM group chat with our other two friends, um, Louis Sowell, who is, um, she works at Penguin and um, uh, Wei Ming um, Cam, who also works in um, publishing at Oberon. And sort of between the three of them, I felt like they sort of just bullied me into making this book <laughs> in the kindest of ways. Um, and Nikesh had a running joke. He'd call me a waste man if I didn't make this book. <laughs> Um, and I was just like, okay, well now you cannot call me a waste man because I've done it. Um, so, and, and it was just sort of, they really supported me and, um, I, I, for some reason they really just wanted to like invest in me and they just did. And, um, that's how we got to like know each other. So then when we had this conversation and when it came up, that's how it came about. But I really don't remember like how I sort of first bumped into Nikesh, um, if I'm honest. Um, so yeah so then um so then we had the proposal um and molly just sort of added some you know some some stuff from her perspective to it and it was ready to go out so i had this proposal and what was the time frame from signing up with molly to um i suppose if you had the proposal ready to go and did you well yeah it was within that proposal did you have kind of examples of um had you written perhaps your chapter there was no writing to go with so there was no writing attached to this proposal so when we went out and sent it to people there was a couple of people um and publishers who came back and said oh we'd love to see some writing there was some of my previous writing that i'd done for another sort of um uh, company um so um what's it called Femsplain and like sisterhood and you know I've done some writing here and there so there was my sample writing attached to the proposal but obviously I didn't have any other contributors involved at that time so it was just me um and the proposal and Molly and God and uh, that's about it really and then so we sent him out and we you know we got resp- I want to say like this whole thing happened in a week I might be lying but I want to say that, so I might check and see. But I feel like it happened really quickly um, from me getting an agent to me, you know, to us sending us, uh, sending out the proposal and then to Picador, sort of picking it up, which was literally almost straight away. Um, and it was, they were very keen on it. And they wanted to, um, is it, was it they or was it Molly was like, you know, we wanted a meeting. So I was really nervous because when I walked into this room, um it was great everyone was friendly but it was basically I believe everyone but one person and me were not white basically so like yeah so it's you know true to how publishing is you know lack of diversity and I was just I was one of my things one of my aims in my head about me being the editor of this book was that the reason I wanted that was I didn't want a collection of essays by Muslim women filtered by a white woman's voice because that's often what we get now and that was the thing that I was frustrated with um and so so there was a few people um, who were interested, people who weren't interested and that's completely fine um and you know they gave feedback um and it wasn't a long, I feel like it was done in like a day or two, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, I had the meeting, but like, um, it felt like it was all done in like a week's process, I guess you could say, because I went to have, I came down to London um, to have like a meeting at Picador and I met like 
like a whole team of people from Picador and like you know they had this vision for the book and I remember I would I would say though like the thing that made it for me was Sophie and her belief in the book and 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 even throughout the process where I thought oh my god this is this I can't I don't know if I'm seeing clearly she would her belief in the book and in the project and like how necessary it was just is what what made me want to have Picador as my publisher and to have like this book published by them and I remember walking out and I was saying to Molly like yeah this is it and I'm never that decisive I'm the most indecisive person you can meet <laughs> um so that's how that happened I'm very much um and, Mo- and Molly said this to me actually at some point um uh she was talking to someone about me and I was sitting there and um <laughs> She was saying, yeah, Marion's a people person. If she knows the people, she'll work with them. She prefers to work with people that she's she knows about or that she's worked with before that come at recommendation. And it's true. And very much um, if someone says to me, you know, this person is, you know, I trust them and I've worked with them and they have a good work, I'm more likely to work with that person. Um, uh, so that's how it is. Or if someone's made an impression on me, um, that's how I like to work, basically. So yeah, how wonderful that sounds like a whirlwind of excitement. And <laughs> and how long ago was that? How long has it been from um, from getting the deal to publication? I would say that um, the deal happened at the end of um, twenty seventeen, at the very end of twenty seventeen. And so then we were working on it twenty eighteen, and then obviously it's now Feb, so um, it's going to be out, and the book's been done for like you know a couple of months or something I have to say I love the cover I love the Ah. cover it's amazing and just and with the um with all your all the all the contributors faces yeah I feel so bad because I've forgotten the name of the designer but I absolutely love her she's fantastic Mm. so she's a she's in-house at Picador but I, I have to say we did struggle with the cover and um I was very worried about it um because I didn't not that they did this, but I didn't want it to be some sort of woman in a burqa or anything, you know? Um, like, you know, how you have the exotic book covers where there's like a sun and a camel or something. Or, I don't know, something equivalent to what Muslim women should have. Um, and we went in and we had a discussion and um, we actually had a meeting around covers and, and, and she just had this idea and she just pitched it and then um and and said it and um and I remember when I received that cover because before that we'd gone through some covers and I was like absolutely no mm. <laughs> and then and I'm very grateful that people have put up with, you know with me for that um and then that cover came along and I was like yeah okay that's it let's mm. let's let's leave this now it's perfect so it's perfect yeah it's very cool I think cover is so important and yeah you know and and it's when you've got such a specific idea about what your book is and then, and I know that, that there's obviously the kind of marketing element of it, isn't there? But, but, and, yeah. and publishers do definitely know best about that, but it's yeah. can, like, with my book. Oh my goodness. I argued so much about <laughs> specific things that I just didn't want it to be. And, you know, like, it's like, like even like the slightest design thing can yeah. lead you down one path. Like, and you're yeah. like that's, that means this. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. I think that in regards to, I think, 
if I'm to talk more about the process of that is um, we went back and forth on covers, me and Sophie. Um, and at one point there was a cover that everyone loved at Picador and I was like, absolutely no, like really I can't. But what I will say, and this I guess is again a testament to like that relationship that um, I was fortunate to like sort of build with Sophie through experience of working with her and like her belief in the book as well. And then having my agent on site as well, which is always great. Um, and um, sort of she really said to me, like, Mary, there is no way there's going to be a cover that you don't like and we're going to do basically have us like the main cover. And just with that in the back of my head and like her constantly reassuring me, I thought, you know what, it's fine. Like, well, we're going to even if it's hard, we're going to get through this, we're going to find the good cover, they're not going to like, you know, have a cover that I completely hate, um, and, and she was true to that, we had an actual, and, and, you know, a meeting with the designer, we went through sort of, you know, what, what was no, and what was, what was completely no, and what we could do, and I think like, for me again, that it was those relationships that I knew that I could sort of say, look, I'm not comfortable with this or, um, which I, I think even when authors get published or writers are in that publishing process, it can be quite daunting to have those opinions oh, as well, because like you said, in regards, in regards to like, um, sales and you know, what, what Waterstones or what Amazon likes or what, what someone else likes is, is very important because you've got to sell the book. Um, and I completely understand that. Um, but there was also a level of them like really trying to understand why I was saying no to certain things as well. And I really appreciated that as well. Wonderful. It sounds like you have, have had a, a really enjoyable experience with all of the yeah. that you've had. That's so wonderful. Um, so Yourself and many of the other women in the collection, you um, write about the importance of writing, um, uh, about yourselves and your experiences as a chance to provide a more accurate depiction of Muslim women. Um, would you mind speaking a little bit specifically about the role of writing in your life? Oh, wow. Well, um, I think um, the role of writing um, for me goes back to education and I think that you write because you're questioning things and for me writing has always been a way to question things or figure things out through questioning them and um, I would say more actively like that sort of what I, I had that writing um you know in me growing up but more actively from like a feminist point of perspective and a writer's perspective that came through when I went to university and I started really interrogating things um and for me writing in all its forms whether it's fiction or non-fiction or poetry it's a way of expressing which thus far I feel like is it's an unfiltered way of expression basically and I think that this power in writing that thus far no one has taken away from me and I don't think that they can because the words are mine um and me putting them to paper I think only adds more power to them um and and I would say many of the women in the in the collection also agree to that as well that there is power in writing and being inquisitive and questioning things and being curious all of the things that we basically as women I guess you could say not just Muslim women but um, as Muslim women sometimes as well don't do or don't encourage within our communities um, and that's why I think writing is important um, for exploration and for um, 
for helping you feel empowered. Um, and I always think back to um, how much of a difference writing can make as well in changing people's um, minds because I feel like the world is changing in so many ways, but books are still here. They haven't disappeared anywhere. Mm. And look how advanced we've gotten as a society. But books are still very, very important. And I've come from, like, I, I was very... Um, uh, I was very involved in sort of YA and books and, of, you know, and I could see the impression certain books had made upon certain people. Um, and yes, for the majority, it was, you know, fiction, but for a lot of people, it's nonfiction books as well. Um, and I, I just think that books make so much of a difference that you can really carry around with you. And for me, that's what I've always wanted to capture in writing as well, that, if something was valuable to me, it would be valuable to someone else. And I think that's what you get in sharing your writing, even though it's basically very terrifying. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Lovely, lovely way of putting it. Um, so, for, so for people out there who are looking to educate themselves further, obviously they, should, they need to read It's Not About the Burqa. But mm-hmm. if they, um, people are looking to educate themselves further and understand a more rounded picture, where else can we send them? Um, I would say obviously talking to the people around you um and i would say that um the the fantastic thing about having a collection by several different women is that several of those women are published people and they have their own material and they write and you should follow and support their work and then you should support the people that they support and then find other people as well and um you know there's so for for in the book uh, one of the essays is by um nafisa um barker and she is the ceo of amalia.com i believe it's dot com and um uh, and Amalia is basically a platform um, which explores Muslim identity and experience and everything to do with being Muslim and a Muslim woman, from sex to being black and being a Muslim woman to the things we're doing in in society, um, you know, as Muslims, dating, marriage, um, anything, you, you name it, they've got something on it. And it's, they've got these fantastic write it anyone can anyone can write for them um any muslim i think it's muslim or non-muslim person i'm not entirely sure but you know these fantastic thoughts and opinions and essays are shared on there um and it's a fantastic platform like any other that i feel like anyone should be reading um and i don't know you know they are respectively quite a few people do read it and support it but you know those are the sorts of platforms that you should be supporting if you want to see a more diversified and accurate and authentic um representation of muslims and muslim women in in the west basically well i will make sure that i include a link and check it out as well i think <laughs> I, I've, I've read a couple of bits and pieces on there through my research for this and stuff so yeah, yeah i think I know, I, I know where to link to um yeah. so if 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 you had to give one piece of advice to someone about to compile a similar kind of collection, what would that be? Um, getting a sh- getting a chocolate on your side. He's going to get inundated with. Yeah, uh... <laughs> um, no, he does enough already. Um, he does a lot. Um, I would say um, have a really. The thing that I didn't mention about the pitch was. There genuinely was a gap in the market for this book. There is another collection of essays, a fiction one, um, uh, by Muslim women. Who, it's, oh, who is it by God's sake? 
who recently got um, picked as Emma Watson's um, shared shelf book. Okay. Um, so there is that, but that's fiction. Um, and I don't believe it's not, it's not non-fiction. It's not, you know, it's not the same as, it's not about the backup. Yeah. So when I, when I did this research and when I went out and had this conversation with these, you know, publishers, they, I feel like they were actually surprised at this gap in the market. Um, and I think that's what I would say to someone if, if they were um, wanting to put together a collection. Look at what you're actually trying to say and be true to that. Don't try and make it overly complicated in your pitch because um, I think simple but on point is where you want to be when you're creating an anthology. I will add in sort of an addendum to that that we can do with many, many more books on um, Muslim women and it would be great to not just have this one um, because like I said, I could, like, you know, I can only capture, so there was only so much space in this book mm. and if, you know, I can't have millions of Muslim women writing essays because then nobody would ever finish that book. Yeah. Um, it'd be, it'd be like Ulysses, but, you know, um, but and, and it'd be great to see other books like it, um, you know, exploring sort of, you know, the identity of Muslim women and the experiences. Um, but anyone pitching, I would say, have a clear idea. And have, I was very fortunate to have really supportive people around me, um, you know, and and a clear idea, a good intention and supportive people. I think that really helps. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and finally, um, do you have any plans to write another book or uh, another collection or, or like what's, the, what's um, next for you? I actually wrote this book by accident. So um, I always wanted to, I always thought that the first book that I'd write would be a young adult fiction book, which I am currently writing, but don't ask me where I am with it because I don't even know. I know that feeling, mate. <laughs> um but I am that my intention is to hopefully um, whether it goes anywhere or not, I'm going to be incredibly, I'm, I'm incredibly humbled by everything that's happened with it's not about the burqa and, and, and I'm very grateful for it. Um, I don't know about another collection. We'll see how this one does. Um, but I, I would like to write a fiction book at some point. Um, so I'm going to try and do that, but we'll see how we go. Basically. It's a wonderful aim. I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. It was so wonderful to hear all your insights. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Have you heard about the Riff Raff Mentoring Scheme? This is a new service with Launch which pairs those currently working on books with published contemporary authors within your specific genre so that you can get expert advice and feedback on your work in progress. To read more, learn how to get involved, and to check out our incredible lineup of author, mentors, slash coaches, head over to the-riffraff.com or come say hey on Twitter at riffraff underscore LDN.